cats can sense fear. I think I think my body rejects cats. In a Is way it true that cats have nine lives? Or are we no, just, just trying like, to say they can fall? They can from fall. High yeah, their way that their bodies move is like their spine is like a crazy. And I've met cats that I've liked, but there's I, I don't go out of my way to search for cats that I like. But you also don't go out of your way to hurt, hurt them. them. No, That's I let them be. I think, I think to... and I think cats understand that I respect them. Frankly, we were just talking to Koa recently because of all his darkness about taking care of all living things and. Mm. Dear readers, we were just about to start recording, and Matt was like, I need you to go and sit with Ko and watch him eat while I put the baby down for a nap because I'm too scared that Ko will choke and no one will be in the room with him, which is... And I was like, sure, sure, sure. So I go down to watch Koa eat. Sounds like it's going to be fun already. But then I get there, and he's not in the chair that we left him in. So I look around, and I find him, and I'm like, Koa, Koa? And I hear, don't worry, Mama. And I come in, and he's sitting on the floor of a room and he's like got one of his pant legs rolled up and he goes don't worry mama there are ants in here but I'm just letting them crawl on me I'm not going to hurt them (laughs) and he was counting the number of ants he could get to climb onto his legs and he was not hurting them Love that. but he told me he accidentally might have made three stop moving By the way, because we didn't do it last time, should we like do it right now? Sure, like, you're just listening make sure. to truly darkly creepy. That's Gary Abel, and that's Quinlan Posner. Um, quick question: We have some Patreons. <gasps> We have two new Patreons. The first one's name is Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Your name is Lisa. I had a friend named Lisa when I was little. I do too. She was really funny. Everyone has a good Lisa. Yeah, Lisa Frank smoked apparently a lot of pot. Right? Well, no one's surprised. Um, Nicola, Nicola, your last name's not Tesla. So don't even go there. (laughs) It's not an inventor situation. Although she invented how cool it is. To be a Patreon subscriber. Did she? She invented her being. Her personality. With Nicola has just been invented. We invented the friendship. We love that, Nicola. Thank you, Nicola. Some of our dear readers wonder if we know what the word invented means right now. The answer is no. We, we don't know irony. We have a loose idea We have a it. loose idea of irony. We have a loose idea of inventorship. And some loose stool because we're eating so much lobster Cream. and chowder. I've had two weird poops today and it's they're not satisfactory. Let Do it be you known. didn't walk away feeling good about it. You know when you leave and you're like... <sighs> My job well, is done here. I haven't felt that yet. You, job is not done. No, not and I, maybe it won't job. be done until I'm home sitting on my own toilet with a bidet. That's in a few days, man. So <laughs> I hope you figure it out I before then. I hope the love of God. Yes, same, same. Honestly, the last, last night, my back is peeling from the sunburn. If you remember in the last episode, my back is still peeling, folks. And I was like, Matt, Matt gave me a hug good night. And I was like, wait a minute. He like scratched my back. Little, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You really got to get in there. <laughs> I was like, can you please scratch my back? But that feels like desperate times call for desperate measures. Matt loves back scratching. Matt is very physical guy. I'm like, just itch my back because it hurts so bad. Matt's a very physical. It's so funny what opposites Matt and I are. 
Matt's a very physical guy. And just by saying the sentence, Matt is a physical guy, I started to, like, gag reflex. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with physicality. Could I don't... Not, in terms opposite of... Opposite sides of the spectrum. Love language style for Carrie, not physical touch. Although... If physical touch is lacking in a relationship, I feel it. My family, we're hug and kiss family. You don't ever touch your lips to the cheek. The lip is like all the way on the opposite side. You just really kiss with the cheek. I wouldn't mind if some of the lasting implications of COVID were... Less hugs, less handshakes. A few, yeah. I don't I think a lot of people feel that the, way. Like every time you meet a stranger... You physically must touch them feels inappropriate. My mom also hates handshakes at a lunch situation. And before she'll eat, she'll go and wash her hands before COVID because she's like, I'm shaking everyone's hands. Now I'm going to touch my bread. No, we need clean hands for the bread. Agree. But it goes in your mouth. They're going to touch your bread and then you're going to have to eat up shit's creek. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I... Yeah, I think that would be... I think asking for permission before hugs and things like that is a smart thing. I have, like, shaken people's hands, and it's been, like, oh, such, like, a reflex. Like, it's gone right back to normal doing that. What I'm saying is, what is your love language? Have we talked about this? Chores. Yes. I think it's called services. Acts of service. Acts of service. Or at least that's what keeps us functioning as a couple. <laughs> It's acts of service. I just want, like, a lot done for me. Speaking of acts of service, listen to this act of service that has been asked of me. So, Koa gets two stories at night and then two songs. And lately, he's been like, sing me a song I don't know. You've told us this. Yes, I told you about this. But a new request was layered on top. And the new request is the songs have to be scary. So you know that that's like a really hard thing. You're putting your kid to bed and they're like, tell me, please scare me a little bit. So I have been really good at floating the appropriate amount of scare. Right. So he'll say scare me and I'll be like, we were walking through the forest and there was a mushroom, but it had really scary teeth (laughs) and the teeth might try to bite you, but probably they wouldn't. And like, that's the kind of, or I'll be like, there was a seal at the zoo, but it was a totally really scary looking seal and it felt really scary. That's like my level, right? That's where you're, that's where you're capping off. Because I'm like, I'm telling him things are scary, but they're never actually scary. And that way, when you leave the room, he's not like, I'm really focused in on this. But I had to leave the room the other night and Matt had to go and do the songs and Matt comes out of the room and is like shaking his head and I'm like, what? And he's like, I think I fucked up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I think I did too scary a song. And I was like, what were you singing? And he's like, something about how he thinks his pillows are just normal pillows, but they're going to eat him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, that everyday objects can kill you. <laughs> you know, that one that kids actually love. So he, I was like furious with him, of course. And I was like, you got it. It's a delicate balance. It's really, it's a tall order. But it then the is. next night, Koa said to me, Papa, sing me a song called Nothing Makes Sense in My World, which is a really good song title. So then Papa made up a song about that. And at the end, 
Poe is always like, hmm, I have notes, and gives you, like, a lot right. of ways gives to improve. feedback. This time, Matt said he finished, Cole was silent, and then said, perfect. Bravo, Papa. <laughs> they call you a genius. Then can we contrast that with what happened when you gave Koa lunch today? <laughs> Wait, what happened? You've already forgotten. Oh, that he said I put beans on his plate and he said, you put beans on my lunch? And I said, yeah. And he goes, apologize to me, mama. <laughs> so serious. Apologize to me, mama. <laughs> Raising a monster. <laughs> Who loves scary. Who's like, I gotta say, Matt gets, Matt gets good feedback. Mama, apologize. <laughs> apologize to me, Mama. <laughs> and that was the funniest thing. Because it makes sense. Because, like, think about any time you're like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't like this. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's just a normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. I always, if someone's like, I don't like this. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you try it? I've been trying to not do that because. It's such a good practice to not do that. Yeah. But I love. <laughs> apologize to me for apologize. these beans. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm not going to apologize to you. Dear readers, how have you been? How have you hanging? Right now it's August. I think it's mid-August, which is great because my story kind of takes place in August. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you want to jump in? I guess I'll jump in. Yes, was that in. the best segue we've ever done? Yeah. That's what you have to. Like, Wow. I'm like, I'm impressed with myself. So I'm doing the story of Mary Olinchik. I got this information from Wikipedia, darkdowneast.com, Bangor Daily News, the Portsmouth Herald, News Center Maine, Miss Night Terrors, True Crime Diva, Reddit Down East. So obviously we are still in Maine. So I did a Maine theme. Well, I mean, look out case. the window. Look out the case. Hello, Stephen King wrote here. And I love Maine. So I'm doing the story of Mary Catherine Olinchuk. She's born November 18th, 1956, which, spoiler alert, is a year after my mom. Same day. Both Scorpios. Dark. At this point, it is 1970. Mary is 13 years old. She's the youngest of three sisters, Nancy and Jane. And then it's Mary Catherine's the third. She's actually from Joliet, Illinois, which is not too far from where I'm from. So I have this very kindred idea of like she was in Chicago or out suburbs of Chicago and now in Maine. And I feel the same. You feel connected. I feel connected. She has gorgeous red hair. She loves to fish. She collects seashells. And she loves her dog, Rusty. She sounds like the bitch from Tangled. I didn't watch Tangled. I just, I, I've i seen previews and I feel like she likes animals and has red hair. Isn't that brave? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Disney, <laughs> don't come at a Disney adult. Okay? <laughs> tell them about, and tell them about Disney it. movies. How dare. Her dad is General. Okay, I actually need to look up his title. Colonel Mustard. No, it's even better. It's not Detective Mustard like last time. It's Brigadier General. <gasps> Ooh, Peter Olinchuk. He's a brigadier. Because it was like BRG and I was like, Brigadoon? <laughs> I didn't know. That's a musical. <laughs> musical theater nerd. We have a type. But it's Brigadier General Peter Olinchuk. So he's obviously in the military. He's stationed at a base in Joliet. And his family, including his wife, Ruth, they go to Maine every summer at a touristy spot and do the thing. They do the beach. They go out in the wild. They like really live their best New England life. Eats lots of lobster and chowder like we're doing family's there on vacation at this point her dad is out of town he's back home 
doing some work in the summer. It's August 9th, 1970. Mary and her sisters and mom are out at the beach. They're hanging out. It's about 4 p.m. And Mary, at 13 years old, is saying, you know what? I'd like to go into town. I want to get some gum and the New York Times. How cute. What 13-year-old is... I guess when you don't have, like, TV like we have now, they're like, let's read some articles and they think pieces. They must have been so smart. They must have been brilliant. I am doing the New York Times crossword puzzles. They get tough, y'all. They get tough. I can, I can do a Tuesday. I can comfortably do a Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday gets a little dicey. Cannot for the life... Like, from Tuesday to Wednesday... It's a whole new world, and it's a so world you can I'm not do ready Monday. For. You can't do Tuesday, or where's I, Okay, I can do Monday. I used to do Tuesday with my ex-husband. It's unclear how big a help I was. Perhaps I was merely a hindrance. I, I haven't done them since I the divorce. I do. <laughs> he got that in the he divorce. He got the times in divorce. I can do. Listen, I can do if I'm with someone. I can do a Saturday or Sunday, and I know that sounds crazy, but if I have two minds thinking on it, I feel good. Like, I can't do it myself. You can't do a Sunday. Not by myself. All right. I need one person to bounce ideas off of and to talk. Okay. Like I need stra- right. There's strategy there. Not so- it. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn has politely refused to do Sunday night. She goes home. So Mary goes home with the intention of going to get a, a New York Times and a pack of gum. She goes home to change first. She changes out of her bathing suit and she's wearing like little pink shorts and a white shirt that's with um, Yolomiko Andrews AFB, which is the base in which her family lives in Joliet. So she's wearing like military insignia. Mm-hmm. She is about half a mile from town where you would go and get the newspaper and pack of gum. And instead of walking, it was the seventies and her neighbors had a bike that she was allowed to use. So she like went to her backyard, grabbed the bike out of the backyard, like, which I actually love in the seventies that you could just like take a friend's bike and bring it back. No problem. Well, that's Matt's favorite thing about like those, the movies that take place in the eighties are the kids biking up to shit and throwing their bikes down. Exactly. And not locking it and just being like, we trust. That's what I was as a kid. Love that. When I was in my little suburb, we rode our bikes and just left them. We never locked them. So sweet. So I called it the city bike, but community building. So she takes her bike and she goes into town. People see her riding through town. It's about five o'clock when she's there. She has her pack of gum. She has her New York Times and her bike. And she's heading back at like 5 p.m. There's a woman at a nearby hotel who's watching the sunset or like watching, I think the sunset probably later, but like watching the water and the beautiful main coastline. And she looked down and she saw little Mary on her bike next to a maroon car. And she sees Mary getting into the maroon car while laughing or smiling. What's the bike doing? The bike, she like Being put it on the side did of the, the road. whole thing. Yeah, she like put it under like a little like. Uh, like underpass kind of vibe, like a, I imagine like an archway. Mm-hmm. She puts the bike down um, and goes in this car. And this woman didn't think of anything of oh, it why because would you? this little girl gets in. She's smiling and laughing. The person driving, all she can say is there was there was not a hippie. That was the description. That was the description. Was like a dude, wow, I want not to meet a hippie this woman. <laughs> well, it was the seventies. You're like, are you a hippie or are you not? She's was not like one or the other. She clearly was not. What's interesting about this maroon car, it's about 200 yards away from where her family was living. She was very close to home. Mary's family returns home from the beach at about 6 p.m. expecting Mary to be home. She should be back by now. They start yelling her name. 
She's not answering. They look through the house. She's not there. Mom starts calling all of the friends around in the area and being like, have you seen Mary? Have you seen people like I saw her when she was riding her bike, blah, blah, blah. They don't know that she's getting into a car at this point because this is a random woman in a hotel who doesn't know this family. By 7 p.m., they call the police to report her missing. Her dad hears this. He flies into town, obviously, and they start a huge police hunt. Now, this is Sunday. The police do not make it known that this child has disappeared in the hopes that maybe, like, kidnappers would call or something would happen. She's 13 years old. They don't think she's a runaway. But immediately the police start putting everything together to find her bike pretty quickly. Since her dad is a, an army guy, he gets the army to come in and there's army helicopters. As soon as this breaks on like that Tuesday that there's a missing girl, they're allowed to do like helicopter over water, over land passes to find all these places. They go to like nearby barns. They're just like crazy manhunt for this little 13 year old girl. And they're using the resources of not only the small town, but of the military as well because uh-huh. of her father's connection. There is no trace of Mary. What about the maroon car? No trace of maroon car? They or that hear, woman didn't report The it. woman reports it shortly after when she sees something would happen and it matched Mary's description. So that is the last known whereabouts of who was with Mary or where Mary was. Wow, short story. <laughs> and that is it. Okay, your turn. <laughs> Could you imagine? Her parents at the time were like, there's no way she would get in a car with a stranger. And based on the witness who saw her getting into the car, she was smiling. So it was weird. It feels like this is someone who she trusts and who she knows. Or, or, or a lot of times in kidnapping cases that I've read, people say, I know your mom or I know your dad or or things like that. Or I'm the parent of this kid you go to school with. Something that makes you think you know them, even if you don't. Totally. Mary's aunt, she hires a psychic, this woman, Shirley Harrison, who mentions that she thinks Mary is dead and that she'll be found in an unpainted barn near Kennebunk. Hope you're wrong. We hope she's wrong. 14 days later, August 22nd, 1970, at a deserted barn, six miles away from where Mary was last seen in Kennebunk, a group of people noticed a smell coming from that barn. They went to investigate, and they found little 13-year-old Mary's body in a pile of hay, lying face up. She has lobster rope around her neck. There's no evidence that she has been sexually assaulted. She has black human hair and human skin under her fingernails, so she fought back. Her clothing was completely intact. There was a Bible near her. They later found out that is not related to the case. But they have a little dead girl and absolutely no motive and no suspects. Well, the psychic should be a suspect. <laughs> Thousand percent. But apparently the psychic, of, I'm going to look up some more research on her. She's pretty wild. I guess she's made some other apt observations and predictions. Oh my God. Is she still working in Maine? We should give her a call. We should totally give I her a call. I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> so based on her body and the way it was found is they believe that she had been in that barn since she disappeared. Mm -hmm. There's a little boy, Bob, who claims that he went back to that barn on August 9th, the day of her disappearance. He had like heard rustling or something nearby Mm -hmm. in the backwoods because him and his friends like 
when to drop off or drop off their fishing equipment or pick it up or whatever, something in that area. Because this is a barn that locals would know of. This is not a place that, like, many tourists visit because it's pretty deserted. Mm -hmm. And so Bob remembers going back with friends, dropping off or picking up some fishing gear and hearing rustling in the woods and then, like, scurrying away. And then he and his family were staying at a motel, and he remembers, like, a car sitting idle outside of the motel. So in his mind, he's like, oh, I caught the murderer, and he followed me to my motel and idled and realized it was too public and drove away. So, ooh, that's a big jump. It's a big jump, but that's, but unfortunately, Bob, because he has this story, people start calling him Killer Bob. But there's no evidence that he... It's a cool nickname. It's a cool... It, it followed him for his whole life, apparently. Killer Bob, I would not... A, I wouldn't want Killer Carrie. Let's put it that way. Would you want to be called Killer Quinn? You kind of love it. I kind of love it. Okay, that's fine. So there's also reports, and all of this was like... I was looking at actual articles from the 70s that I found, which was pretty interesting to like locate how the news was reporting on it at that time. There were reports at the barn in question where her body was found that it was searched shortly after her disappearance. Which I find odd, because if she was there that night, how would they not have found her? But she was in a corner. Maybe they didn't notice her. Like maybe Who they, searched? Who searched the barn? We don't know. She was in Algonquin, and then Kennebunk is the next town over, like 10 miles away. Okay. But The crazy thing about this area of Maine is in the winter, there's only 100 people there. In the summer, it's like 100,000 people that come there because it's such a tourist area. So there's a couple of working theories in that maybe the murderer came, committed this, and left. And because it happened on Sunday and everybody was gone on Tuesday, like the murderer was gone. There's no evidence of anyone who stayed along. But they're not, it looks like they're not able to find any evidence whatsoever because... One, DNA testing didn't exist back then. Mm -hmm. But also there's no motive for this little child. They didn't scrape her nails, though, and, like, save any DNA? I would hope they did, but there's no No. information on that. Okay. They had no suspects. There was no information on anything about anyone. This sounds crazy. I'm going to go through my favorite theory. Okay. Her father, Brigadier General Peter Olinchuk... He oversaw this military program called Operation Chase. Chase stands for Cut Holes and Send Them. He was in charge of moving weapons, including chemical weapons, from North Carolina for military bases and dumping them into the Atlantic Ocean. Whoa. What this program did was it took munitions, both conventional, like big fucking bombs and shit, and also chemical ones like mustard gas or nerve agents or things like that and it would load it into these old ships and then it would cut a hole in them and send them and they would sink into the atlantic ocean that's a practice that's, that's a wild thing. isn't that the most fucking insane we thing? hate our planet and ourselves hate it this is the 70s so i'd like to think that maybe they just didn't know enough but obviously it's fairly obvious like i'm not like a, i'm not I a didn't, scientist like, learn from a documentary that this was bad i'm what not do you do? my question <laughs> is like what do you do with all this nerve gas what do you do with all this mustard gas don't even make, make it. it it's been made we're like coming out of fucking vietnam Right? Like, it's 1970. Right. Is Vietnam? No, Vietnam was 
you don't you don't know. Yeah, think who you're talking to. So they're dumping this between Florida and the Bahamas. Now he was on a special mission when she disappeared, right? He was back working when she disappeared. There was obviously major public scrutiny of the program, both for fear of what we were doing to our planet, but also what if this seeps out into the ocean? There's major public scrutiny. So like both because of the environmental impacts Mm -hmm. of sinking fucking ships with mustard gas on it. Like that can't be good for our ecosystem. But also like what if this gas leaks, will it come ashore on our coastline, right? Will this mustard gas affect our people. The day before Mary disappeared, a student group, a radical student group based in Kentucky, threatened to kidnap the loved ones and family members involved with Operation Chase. What? The day before she disappeared. And remember, she was wearing the name of the base that her family (gasps) lived on her shirt. She had a target on her front. So this guy pulled up and was like... The theory is this, like, person amongst us, like, found and was able to locate her and maybe ask her and maybe, like I said, she loved her dog and say things like, you know, I have a sick animal that needs help or your dog, Rusty, or lure her in Mm. because she Mm. loved animals. Okay, I have a question. Please. Um... I want to believe this theory, too. Like, that sounds really plausible on the one hand. On the other, I think my two follow-up questions would be... Well, my main follow-up question would be... There was did no this happen answer. to anyone else? No. Like, did anyone else that worked for this lose a loved one? Not that I saw, and I feel like that would be noteworthy. I think it's coincidental, then, because I just totally. think it's crazy that this one person would have been targeted. I'm going to spoiler alert you... This is Maine's longest unsolved Oh, no way. Murder so at 51 years. Got it. Copy that. We don't know. These right. are theories. Okay. Her father has not answered any questions, has been like, there's no connection. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. But what's also weird is if she was kidnapped, what was the end game? Kidnapped means there would be like a ransom or they would like threaten something or they would want to hold like they'd want to change something instead of just taking the children and killing them. But also think she wasn't sexually assaulted. That part's weird because you are like you just killed her. You just took her to kill her. Totally weird. Weird. Also, what's noteworthy is around her death around this time, there were a couple of other deaths of children Mm. that they think could be connected. Mm. Totally. One of which, January 29th, 1969, so about nine months before, 11-year-old Debbie Horn from Allentown, New Hampshire, so not Maine, but close by, she stayed home sick from school, and when her mom came home, she was gone. Her body was found 20 miles away from her house in the trunk of an old car, her clothes were missing, um, and I think there was evidence of a sexual assault. July fourth, nineteen sixty-nine, so seven months after, or six, six, you know, six months after, Debbie Horn's teacher, she was twenty-nine years old, she disappeared. Her body was found twenty-nine years later in nineteen ninety-eight, but her boyfriend at the time of her disappearance 
a couple years later, had been convicted of killing an 18-year-old, Susan Randall. So it's like he was in jail for that when they found his other girlfriend's body. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. assumed that he killed Debbie Horn's teacher, um, Luella Marie. And it seems like he might have killed Debbie Horn. But maybe he didn't kill that child. I don't know. Those those cases are not closed. Okay. I could be wrong. I like it when it's the same person because the math equals less bad guys. Totally. Totally. Well, the idea that her, seven months later, her teacher was murdered. Mm-hmm. I think it's, this little girl was stayed home from school. This was not in any of the reading. I'm editorializing. But I feel like that guy would know who to target if his girlfriend was the teacher. I was like, this little girl's not in school today. So creepy. Very creepy. That's what I'm telling myself would happen because that's what makes sense in my mind. Uh-huh. November 22nd, 1969. So a little before these cases, um, 13-year-old Michelle Wilson from Massachusetts was riding her bike. She disappeared. But Charles Pierce, who I'm sure one of us will cover in a later episode, um, who was a child killer, he confessed to the police that he killed... Michelle Wilson in 1969, and he never even mentioned Mary Catherine Olenchik. So it sounds like at the time when Mary went disappearing and her body was found, they connected her death to these two missing children and murders because they were and it all doesn't the same. seem like it's connected. It at doesn't all. seem like they're connected. One because Charles Pierce took on, took claimed or confessed to Michelle Wilson. And Debbie Horn, her teacher, also disappeared. And it just, it doesn't make sense. And they were sexually assaulted. And Mary Catherine wasn't. A year after the body was discovered in that barn, it burnt down. Do you think it was someone trying to hide evidence? Or do you think that's someone being like... A good Samaritan and being like, we should stop. This should be... Fuck this should. I don't know what it is. The owner of the barn does say that it's, like, mysterious circumstances, that it's not... Well, I'm sure it's arson. I just wonder why. What the intention was. And I also think, like, if they didn't have the evidence there after a year, like, they had her murder weapon. You know, she was strangled to death. They had the rope. Mm -hmm. It's like, what else are they hiding? The three girls were all abducted in broad daylight, and they all loved dogs. Okay, so but people are also, like maybe all they were girls love dogs. That's the totally, dumbest it's like thing being in the world. Like, That's like being like they all had a Lisa Frank binder. It's like exactly. yeah, of course they did. What were they again? Eleven, thirteen, eleven and thirteen. Checks. But they are people think that these girls who were lured away from like places of safety, their bikes, their lands, they were lured because they love dogs and maybe kidnappers were trying to do it. It's like no, the candy. It's excuse. too much. You're looking into it too much. Do you much. want can- well because there's or not enough. There's no way. They have to look into it because what else is there to do? I know, but it starts to be like making random connections. The month of Virgo was Sagittarius rising (laughs) and therefore we know when the stars align and it's like, just stop. Um, It's like taking their birthdays and being like, when you added all the numbers of the second girl's birthday, it was was the first girl's birthday minus 13 and and it was the 13th of the month. It's magic math. It's too much. It's convenient magic math. September 1980, the police claim they have a suspect in Mary's murder. But due to lack of evidence, and it was just a tip that they got, they could not bring the suspect in for questioning. And that just, that like, that little, like, clue just, like, runs away. Mm-hmm. 
no other information. Ruth, Mary's mother, she dies in 1998. Her father, Peter, he dies in 2000. Her older sister, Nancy, changes her name to Hillary. Why not? Hillary changed her name to Eladia. <laughs> you do what you want. Do Change what you your want. Name to whatever you want. Do what you want. Um, would you be sad if Koa changed his name? Yeah, I'd be pissed. Totally. Because you spent a lot of time thinking about it, you know? But like, you know what I would do? I would just change Griffin's name to Koa. Fair. That would be so <laughs> shitty. Be so confusing. <laughs> I actually love that. I actually really <laughs> love I'd that. Or I'd change my name to Koa. You're like, I, I really, really like that. I really name. liked that name. And so I'll, fine. I'll, you don't you know want what, you it? Don't I'll wanna, be Koa. I'll keep it. So she changes her name to Hillary. She dies in 2014. And Jane, the middle sister, she's still alive and she's in her 70s, I think. So, no arrests have been made in connection to this crime. They might have a suspect, but that was in 1980. Um, This is Maine's oldest unsolved mystery at 51 years. Got it. We have no idea who killed Mary Catherine Olenchik. And because, like, and Maine is a big fucking space. Well, I don't think they necessarily are even in Maine. I I think the vacationer theory was, uh, seemed completely possible. Especially if they're not finding this maroon car anywhere. What's crazy is that she gets into the car with a smile on her face, according to this eyewitness. Which, again, eyewitnesses, like, do we trust him? Do we not? I think it's pretty bananas that she gets into a car with a stranger as a kid. Like, we're taught always be careful. Yeah, but what year was it? 1969. Not weird at all. Not fucking weird at all. there, There was no stranger danger stuff then. There just wasn't. Her parents talk about teaching her Stranger Danger stuff. They did? Yes. Damn it. It's not, we can't chalk this up to mystery. Her dad was like, don't get in the car with a stranger. People will lure you. Whoa. He had a premonition. Or he, or what? Like he was military. Okay. You know, like, I feel like the guy was like, cautious, careful. Know your surroundings. I am a brigadoon. (laughs) A damn brigadier general. Cod holes and send them. Be careful, scuba divers. That's a premise for a movie right there. Mustard gassing a bunch of octopi. Like finding like, and then it like spreads because it's, I don't know. With the chemistry, I don't have to look up the chemistry. It's a movie. Okay, relax. Relax, Spend your we disbelief. don't have the rights. Calm down. Fucking chill, guys. <laughs> I got my story from BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC Four, BBC Five, BBC Seven, BBC Seven, BBC Heaven. You just tried to skip six. I did. It was the devil's number. Honestly. I'm going to have Cole go over numbers with you later today. We'll talk about Honest, I can't. I don't have time. <laughs> I read um, an article in BBC, and I read an article. Uh... <gasps> BBC One. <laughs> Let's do it again. What if we did it every time <laughs> The other article was from The Independent. This article is from... Basika Gupta. Sounds like you're nailing it, yeah. You know, I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) No lie there. Um, (laughs) My story is about a woman named Sandeep Kaur. She was born November 11th, 1989. Is that your year? That's my year. She's a little bit younger than me. Okay, so picture your age this whole time. Okay. She was born in... Chandigarh, which was India's first planned city. A lot of people call it the City Beautiful, is like its nickname. 
I feel like it's the first plan say where it's like, okay, we're going to intentionally city plan that like it's going to, we're going to do city planning. Mm -hmm. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. I just said it again in a different way. But you kind of rearranged the nouns in the sentence, so it felt fresh. And I think what I did is I put the emphasis on different syllables. And that's important when you're telling a story. I love creativity like that. I love creativity like that. (laughs) 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 So uh, at seven, she moves to America with her mom and her brother to join her father who's there. They arrive. They're going to live in. San Jose, California. I'm familiar. I've been there. We keep talking about it. The Winchester Mystery House is there. Totally. It's very close to Matt's parents' house. Now that you have a mental map, I'll continue. Thank you. Sandeep grew up in a family that had pretty stricty strictos, okay? Right. I'm familiar with the stricty stricto. Yeah, you can't fuck around. (laughs) She had lots of rules. She couldn't have a phone. She couldn't have a TV. And when she'd get in trouble, this is pretty brutal. She remembers that when they got in trouble, her and her brother would have to do a thing where they stood in the middle of the room holding a chair over their heads. That sounds just sort of like a form of torture. I have actually, I have notes about that. Yeah. And then she also talks about how after 9-11, her and her brother got super bullied. Um, there was just a lot of that racial tension so in America. Kids, including, ugh, I like look back at my school and I remember a friend having to like make the jokes herself in a way that oh, looking to back, oh man, I like, so I horrible. feel so horrible for her because I look back and she was making the, she was the first person to make the joke. Yeah. In a way that at the time you're like, oh, she's in on it. And in reality, she was just no, like no, no. defending herself in a way like having uh, do it before thing. they do it. The poor thing. I moved to New York on September 1st. No shit. 18 years old. 10 days later, 9-11. So my parents must have felt now that I am a parent myself, I'm sort of like, oh, that must have been pretty weird to have like your first kid move out. And they moved to New York, and then that happens right away. Where were, were you up in? Um, I mean, I was not close. You Yonkers, I was, right? Or yeah, whatever. I was like upstate, but um, you still affected you, I'm sure. Yeah, let's let's make nine eleven about me. Um, <laughs> well, I think everybody. The thing that's I think poignant about those moments is like Pearl Harbor, things like that, or like where were you on that day? Like JFK's death, like his assassination. I think there's like. What makes those moments poignant is that it is about us and it's not, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, I think it affected all of us in such a poignant way Mm -hmm. where you're like, you're right. I didn't lose it. Like, I'm okay. Where were you the day JFK died? Where were you the day RFK lost his dog? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was in the yard. I was actually there. Found the dog. I found him. But that Um, was bait. We all know it was bait. Tower and her brother end up skipping school because of the bullying, but then they get in deep trouble with their super serious rules family, and they're like, you're going to go to boarding school in the eastern Himalayas as a fucking punishment. Oh, shit. This is like how superheroes are made, frankly. Yeah, totally. It feels like... That's interesting. Good point. Um, She's like, I don't like this. So she finishes high school at age 15. Wow. And she becomes um, a nurse by the time she's 19. Wow. 
So Superhero. In 2008, Superhero, remember you said that, because it's perfect for this. In 2008, she is like, I'm not making a lot of money. I kind of want to see what the big deal is with the stock market. So she actually wins pretty big, and she gets like $200,000 from the stocks. So she starts kind of getting into a scene where she is doing her childhood now. Which is to say, like, she wants to party, and she wants to be around boys, and she wants to wear fancy, fun clothes. She's still at home a lot with her family, so she'll do things like wear party dresses underneath her scrubs to leave the house so they don't see. Oh, dang. She's kind of double life. Double life superhero. That's exactly right. At 20, she finally does move out on her own. She moves to Sacramento. And she starts to study for her Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Because right now she's a vocational nurse. Totally. In 2010, she's going to turn 21. For her 21st birthday, they're going to celebrate in Las Vegas. Her and her cousin and her friends. Her cousin's like her bestie. They're going to Vegas. They definitely do not tell her parents that's where they're going. And they go to all these designer stores and spend a bunch of money on like name brands She's super into names. Right. Are you into that? Like, Do you have, like, a name brand that you are, like... No, I, like, like certain styles, but, like, I don't need to carry around something that says a brand name on it. That's not my vibe. That's not my bag. Like, I have yeah. friends and family who, like, love to have, like, a Louis Vuitton. Like, they love, like... Not me. Not for me. Not for me. That's interesting. I feel like um, she definitely drinks, like, the name brand Kool-Aid. And I want to say that that is, like, something that I would spit right back out. But the truth is, if I'm... I don't go for name brands simply because of how much they cost. But I know name brands in a way where if I'm in a secondhand store... And you... Yes. And I look at a tag and it says, like, Rag and Bone or something. Get or it. it says James Purse. I can still look pretty bad in it. And I'll buy it. So then I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with you? That tells you something. Um, I think your consumption of name brands, I think it's very hard to be completely free of them. What I think the difference is, is you and I won't maybe go out of our way to buy it. But if something like that comes in, our, we kind of are like, this is kind of cool. Well, my theory on the name brand thing as well is that if you're buying secondhand and you buy name brand clothes, you can unload them again. Exactly. So you can wear them a while and sell them again just because of the name. Totally. Uh, anyway, that's a side note. I don't know if you know this, but I'm wearing Art on Me. <laughs> <laughs> again? Again. Again, um, we're in Maine. I have one sweatshirt. I didn't think I'd be this cold for this long, so fucking relax. Um, so she starts to gamble because they're in Vegas for this birthday. Yeah. She does really well. She wins $4,000. And she's like... This is totally rad. Wow, Sandeep. She gets super hooked to gambling. Oh, and she's no. like, this is awesome. Her game is Baccarat. And I guess um, when you play Baccarat, you don't even play on the floor a lot. You go into like a cool secret side room and it's fancy. And they bring you stuff when you're gambling a lot where they're like, do you want a drink? Do you want whatever? I mean, they bring you drinks everywhere in Vegas, period. But yes. Well, she goes... Yeah, I think it depends how much money you're spending. I've been to Vegas. No one was trying to give me a free drink. When you're I, sitting down at, like, any of the games, there's servers that come up and are like, do you want, like, if you are on a slot machine, if you're, like, spending money anywhere on the floor, you can also, like, 
like, excuse me, can I get this? And they'll give it to you when you're on the floor. Because they want just tip? You just tip, yeah, because you want to, you tip them, yeah, in cash. The thing is, is it, they it's watered down and, like, you get, like, a beer, but, like, they want you to sit and spend they give money. give you a watered down beer? They don't give you a watered down beer, but I feel like nightmare. if it's a well drink, like, I don't think you can, I think you get, like, well drinks. Well, she's there a lot. Like, she starts going all the time. Like, mm. at least once a month. Right. And... She gets the special treatment. When I say free things, okay, let me put it this way. She gets like a free room. Drinks, she gets a free room. Exactly. That's if you spend enough money at like the floor, you're going to get a free room because they want you to stay there and patronize their casino. Well, completely, which I don't understand being addicted to gambling. I definitely understand being addicted to that level of treatment where you would go anywhere <laughs> and somebody would be like, here's your penthouse suite. Like, like, sure. Sold? Great. My dad had, the way my dad justifies gambling is he's like, you spend $100 on a movie ticket or like, on a movie t- What movie am I going to? You spend like $100 on like a theater ticket and that's like two hours of entertainment. Gambling is the same. It's like you have to, when you walk into a gambling, if you walk into a gambling situation, you're like, I'm going to spend $200 for this activity. Like mm-hmm. instead of escape room, it's just gambling and you can't think you're going to win any money from it. You just have to go and be like, I'm going to lose that much money. But it just seems like most people that go to the theater don't develop a problem that destroys their life. And plenty of people that decide to spend that money elsewhere do develop a problem and ruin their lives. I would actually argue that my love for theater has ruined my life. So I think that honestly it's... (laughs) It's certainly ruined this friendship. (laughs) (laughs) I've just... Honestly, what it is is I've settled for no money. It's really what... That's how it's ruined my life. That's true, actually. Maybe you should get into gambling because... She, she gambling does do scares well. the shit out of me. I, know. I can't do it. The anxiety that I have about money is so fucking real. I could never. So she doesn't share your anxiety. She gambles like a lunatic and she's putting down like 10 G bets. Can you no, wrap your mind around I that? literally am about to poop because that's insane. <laughs> Let me tell you a stat. That gives that me I like read. anxiety diarrhea. I read this stat about Baccarat that it earns Vegas. billion a year. It earns more than blackjack, craps, and poker combined. I don't even know what the fuck Baccarat is. All I know is that it has nothing to do with technique. It's all luck. Like, it's luck, 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 luck. And you can't stay lucky forever. That's why it's fucking called luck. It's not, like, a way of life. It's not, it's not a, you know, it's a chance situation. Right. It practice does not make perfect, and the odds are ever not in your favor. Anyway, she loses everything. You knew that was going there. Uh, so let's just get there. She ends up totally in debt after, and it's only been a year after she started. I feel like when you have very strict rules as parents, it goes one of two ways. Either you rebel against it and you go fucking hard. Or you do the same thing. It's like very rare that like a moderation comes out of that. Or it's like, I guess I'll be calm and chill about no, it. No, she's so over the top. And I mean, I read her brother said that he thinks she lost six grand on like, uh, like three hands. That's not a good 60 grand. Did I say six? You said six. I'm sorry. I meant 60. I forgot the zero. The rate of the return on investment is not good. She she has to stop doing everything. She stops going to nursing school. She stops 
uh, mm-hmm. nursing on the side. She stops everything. She just fully starts to concentrate on gambling. <gasps> but she's all fucked up from this debt situation. But this thing happens where a money lender comes up to her who had been watching her and was like, I can get you some money. I've seen you win. You're good. You can get this money back. I know you can. Introduces her to some other uh, men. And she says to them, I need $20,000. And they're like, great. We can totally get it for you. I don't know if you're familiar with money lending. There's going to be a pretty high interest rate. So it won't be 20 that you give back to us. She's like, no problem. She starts playing to try to get her money back. She starts playing seriously. She does not get up from the table for 16 hours. She gets up to use the bathroom only. She's not, she's eating at the table. Like she's not leaving the table. It's not chill. They're bringing her free cigars, free drinks. Um, she gets up to 38,000. She's up 38,000. She's up $38,000. She needs like 40. Oh my God. So like she should stop. That'll get her out of the debt she's in. She doesn't stop, and she, of course, loses it all. all of it. Yeah. Oh, my, including the $20,000. Yeah, including shit. the money she just borrowed. So now what? She basically in goes more. into hiding. So what she does <gasps> is she just, like, moves in with her mom, starts going back to work. She's working 96-hour weeks. The, fa- the ha- family house she's living in, she's taken out, like, a secret mortgage on. <gasps> There's an arrest warrant issued for her in December. She owes the casino money. Her mom finds out and is like, what the fuck am I going to do with you? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to arrange a marriage. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Like the timing maybe could be better. Um, Arranging a marriage also for the record, it rubs me the wrong way. This marriage. Some people really love it. You know what? Maybe it's I, totally sometimes it works out. I think arranged marriage, though. Um, I think if you if you personally me. here's what I think if two people genuinely want to enter an arranged marriage, I am all fucking for it. But those two people who are entering that relationship both need to consent and both need to be of an age where they can consent. Yeah, I wonder how Sundee felt about it. I bet she was mm-hmm. okay with it in the sense that she was like... Sick, my debt can get absorbed by somebody else who can help me pay for it. No, 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 no. They don't lead with that, I don't think, first of all. I think they keep it a little in the quiet. I'm sure it's a secret. So, here's the thing. She, she gets married to this guy, and he starts giving her an allowance. He gives her $1,000 a week. And... Shit, I'll he, take that. He doesn't know, but what do you think she's, she's doing with it? with it? She's fucking gambling with it. You know how he finds out? Everything's, like, fine, and then, like, her car gets impounded. <laughs> it's like, wait, why? Oh, my God, this she's poor like, thing. She's addicted to it. So he's like, I'm done. Bye-bye. In May of 2014, she's driving, and there's a car that seems like it's following her. Because She's is. like, that's fucking weird. It doesn't feel like it. It's because it She is. stops somewhere to get gas. She goes in to pay for the gas. She comes back out. Two guys are sitting in, in her, her car. car. We all knew where this was going. And we she's all like, knew. hey, goofballs, you're in the wrong <laughs> car. 
we're I, do I take yours now? And they're like, this is pretty obviously an intimidation tactic that we're using. <laughs> Not a mistake. We're here because you owe the guys we work for lots of money. You owe like whatever. It's twenty or twenty-five thousand. We need a lot more because of interest. Let's call it thirty-five. You need to get us thirty-five thousand. You need to get it lickety split, or we're gonna go after you. We're gonna go after your family. That's how this works. And she's like, "What? I don't have any fucking idea how to get that kind of money. I have no idea how to get that money." And they're like, "Cool, cool, cool. Let's spitball some ideas. Sex work." And she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And they're like, oh, do you have someone you could blackmail? I don't know. Just spitballing here. Um, (laughs) Oh, you could rob a bank. And she's like, yeah, all right. Well, I'll think about it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't even have time to think about it. You need to get it to us right away. She's 24 years old. Wow. She doesn't have anybody to talk to about this. Anybody to ask advice. No one. She's thinking like, of suicide at this point. So the robbing a bank idea kind of sticks in her head as a viable option. 11 days later, you know what she does? She robs a bank. She robs a damn bank. Okay? How do you rob a bank? Well, she, well first of all, she starts doing what anybody would do. She starts Googling, Googling like, how to rob, rob a bank? bank, question mark, like on her iPhone. <laughs> like, she's just like <laughs> looking up bank robbery stuff. She gets a wig. She gets a cool like tracksuit and some shades and like that's her costume suit what a vibe yeah we yeah love to see it she's in valencia california she pulls up to a bank it's just her car and her she doesn't have a weapon they offered her a gun those guys and she's, she's like, like eh, nah, good I'll so pass. um she writes a note that says tick tock i have a bomb she goes inside she walks into this bank and there's a greeter there and the greeter's like hey how can i help you like super aggressive i guess that's a thing that they do now in a lot of banks it's called safe catch nope it's to prevent anyone from doing anything weird what yeah it's like if you're aggressively nice to someone it's it's taught by the fbi and i think the reason is that when you go to rob a bank you're picturing like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go up to the teller we're gonna have kind of a quiet moment together and if someone aggressively walks up to you and is physically in your space being like i can help you out on the floor right when you walk in it throws you I, it's not like they is think she's why? going to rob the bank. I'm just telling you that everyone. I think they do is it Is that everyone. why in stores they're always like, how can they help you? Did you help look in front of them? And you're like, oh, I'm not going to rob. Oh, just no, like, no, definitely. When I worked at Sam Goody, they were like, whenever there were kids that would come into the store, like You teens, had to ask them. They were like, you got to go up to the teens and you got to ask them a thousand times, like, what kind of music they like, what they're looking for. Like, give them really good customer service because they're going to steal our stuff. Because <laughs> they're so guilty. <laughs> And it's funny because teens are super um, socially uncomfortable, so they totally seem like they're stealing when they're not, just because you're weirdly, like, trying to engage them in a conversation, and they're like, whoa, fuck you're not del- off, you're I not my do mom. not want to talk to you. <laughs> anyway. So the bank teller comes up and is like, can I help you? Hi, hi. Yeah, so she you? leaves. She, like, walks out. She goes, sits in the car, has, like, some water, chills out. Um, she ends up, I think, robbing a different bank, but uh, what I do know since uh, I don't know much, is that she walks up to the cashier at the bank. She slides the note to her. And 
she gets like $21,000. No way. Pretty easy. She gets in the car and drives away. She drives six hours away to Santa Monica straight to meet these guys and unload it. You know? The whole way she's driving, every time she hears a siren, imagine, it's a six-hour drive. She's constantly like, there's no way I got away with this. But she totally does. She gives them the money and they're like, great, this is a really good start. You need to give us 20 more in a week. So she's like, ah, okay. She scrapes together her own 5000 and does what she does best goes to Vegas to try to turn it into the 20. Okay. Guess what? It doesn't. I mean, I don't know if she intends to turn it to, I think what she does is she gets the 5,000. She's just going to give it to them as like further payment, but she has to drive by Vegas and that's pretty triggering for someone like her. So she ends up walking in to the Baccarat table. Here's the thing. She doubles it right away to 10. But then someone walks up to her and is like, excuse me, hi, we definitely have a warrant for you. You owe us tons of money you walked out on. You're arrested. So at first she's probably like, oh, you're arresting me. I robbed a bank. But then that's not why they're arresting her at all. And they don't know that she robbed the bank. She's just getting arrested because she walked out on this big tab, right? Whoa. So her family actually just bails her out. And she's, again, super depressed, does not know what to do. She's like, my life's a mess. Should I kill myself? I'm definitely thinking of killing myself. When you're already thinking of killing yourself, is it that crazy to just rob another bank? No. It's not that crazy. Lake Havasu City Branch of Wells Fargo. she has to get her ducks in order because if she doesn't give them the money, they could come after her family. That's how she feels. And I don't think, I think that is worse than, yeah. Yeah. Her own And the alternative. The Lake Havasu City branch of Wells Fargo in Arizona is her next target. She walks in kind of like cutie dressed, tight dress, a scarf, sunglasses, Jackie O vibes. She wears open-toed sandals, which I read was sort of a bank robber first. You know, you want to be able to get away rather quickly. And she's just in these like cute footwear. Pumps. Um, she asked very specifically in her note this time for an amount of $100,000. And in the note, it says, I'm not doing this because I want to. There's five men that are making me do this for them. I don't want to do it. Whatever. Her note has turned into a story. Similar to your Etsy story. <laughs> she doesn't have a therapist, so she's writing it on her <laughs> ransom. And I think right. that's important. Right. Um, she... Gets in her car, drives off. People see her get in her car. She's, like, running out with her, you know. Her, like, little shoes. Yeah, her little <laughs> shoes running, getting in the car, drives off. People see her still. Nothing happens. She doesn't get caught. And she gets $100,000? She counts it after she drives away. It's $2,000. So that's rough, right? Tough, tough, tough toots. You want to know what they call her? What? The bombshell bandit. Fun, totally fun, fun name. I fun think it's catchy. Superhero, fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, because she wears like these wigs and lady little outfits. Hot tracksuit. She wears a juicy couture tracksuit mm-hmm. and a hot, you know, Hervé Leger. Love to see it. 
Her next robbery, she's going to go to San Diego simply because she's read a lot about how a lot of bank robberies have happened there that no one's ever caught. So she's like, well, they don't know what they're doing in San Diego. Seems like a good place to rob a bank. I'm going to rob Comerica Bank, San Diego's Midway District. This is her second robbery in six days. Again, the note says, like, I have a bomb or something. And she gets 8000 Aren't you kind of amazed at these low, low cash outs she's getting from this robberies? Totally. But I also am like, I feel like that's why she's getting away with it. Because she's like, smaller amounts, maybe they won't. If it's 100000 I feel like they're going to be after her more. Yeah. It's a bigger fish. Yeah. So she gets 8000 She goes and gives it to the money lenders. And they're like, you the aren't moving the fast loan enough. Sharks. The loan sharks. Moneylenders sound so nice. You're fucking the moth. <laughs> like, the mafia. Just like, what, Just, do, what do their business cards say? You know, they're moneylenders. <laughs> All right. She gives the 8000 to the loan sharks and they're like, this isn't happening quickly enough. You have until August 1st. And if you don't get us the rest of the money, you become ours. You work for us. We'll decide how you can pay it back. And that sounds scary human traffic vibes i'm getting from beyond so um she goes to the u.s bank in saint george at around five o'clock on july 31st she's cutting it really close to this august 1st deadline so day before she probably just hasn't come up with it for a miracle she's nervous as fuck she's like tomorrow i belong to them this doesn't feel good or look good i'm gonna go rob this bank she goes in with a hoodie on sunglasses and a surgical mask on this is way, way, way pre-COVID. This is 2014. So right. I think the mask is giving people pretty weird vibes quick. And she says, her note says, you have two minutes to give me 50K in cash or I will shoot you. This is not a joke. She doesn't have a gun. They give her the money. She runs to her car. The bank teller looks out the window and is like, clock in the car, calling the her, cops. Here's her here's license her plate. plate number. I don't understand why any of these didn't have Why did that not happen before? Is, is a like great the main question. question. But it does happen now because like Baccarat, you can, you can only win robbery, bank robbery so many times, times before it's before. your turn to lose. Mm-hmm. It's her turn to lose. So the cops find her. They start chasing her. And this chase lasts way longer than you would ever think. Three states. It's three state chase. So we're federal land now, baby. Just totally. a federal crime. This well, ain't I no- think it already is when you rob a bank. She's hustling away from the police, freaked out, totally thinking, what am I going to do? She's like considering Thelma and Louise, you know? Totally. She's like, do I end this? I was already thinking of ending it. I would lead them it. to the mobsters. I would, them. I would go to the lunch and be like, I have your money here. Interesting. Well, she's got to drive really fast. Uh, she's got to drive really fast. You know how fast she's going? 130 miles an hour. Shut up. She doesn't want to kill herself by driving off the road because she's afraid she might hurt somebody. So she just keeps driving. And as they cross the line, they're going Arizona into Nevada. And they have she a cop by ahead Vegas. of her. Huh? She's like, a fast by Vegas. She goes, do I turn, do I <laughs> Vegas calling my name. She's like, it's, all right. it's a trigger point for her. She turns off. She tries to run in the back. Right, they she tackle starts her. to slow, <laughs> but then keeps going. 
They throw down a spike trap. Mm, fun. She swerves and gets around <gasps> in a crazy, like, Arr! hot bombshell vibes. Bombshell yeah. bandit. Bombshell bandit vibes. They throw down another, though, in a place where the road narrows to, like, a single lane. There'll be no swerving. And she goes over it, and the car stops. And she gets out of the car with her hands up and says to them, just shoot me. And they're like, calm down, get in the car. We're just going to take you to the hospital. They don't, obviously, they take her to jail. Um, she's allowed a text, I think. Which, you know, I, I've heard of getting a call. But the cousin that she's really good friends with gets a text from her that says, I robbed a bank. I messed up. She's Maybe not she being was texting honest. that from I the car. A bank. Yeah. Siri. She's sort of underplaying hey, it. Siri, <laughs> Siri. I robbed text text the FF to... cuz. I robbed I the robbed bank. I robbed the bank. Sad face emoji. <laughs> Thank I you. I messed up. Exclamation point. <laughs> Exclamation point. Which face would you put? Bar face with the money sign. <laughs> the money tongue. <laughs> money bar face. <laughs> the FBI interviews her. Guess what his name is? Um, Professor Plum. <laughs> Special Agent Seth Footlick. That's a real rough name if you ask me. <laughs> he says Sandeep was not remorseful or honest when he interviewed her and said that he can't find information that corroborates her story about these loan sharks. Which is really interesting, isn't it? We are taking the whole story I just told you is from her mouth. So now hearing that, do you go back? I have no idea what to believe. And I wonder if this was all about a gambling problem. What a ruse you just gave us. So, but, but she was arrested in Vegas. Everything is true in the sense that, um, she did rob those banks. We know all that. She did owe money in Vegas. We know all that. Everything I said about her childhood is The August true. 1st deadline of them saying something but July 31st, that feels like a lie. They never and. found these money lenders. She wasn't able to give them any information that led them to them. Was there proof of how much total she spent at the casino? Sure. Here's what there was proof of. In her favor, the Arizona robbery and the robbery she committed in Utah coincide timeline-wise with the court demanding restitution for the gambling debts she had. So she was robbing those banks at a time when the court was saying, you need to pay back these debts. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if these bad guys that were going to sell you into trafficking, sell her into human trafficking, presumably are real bad guys or not. Totally. We don't know if that part of the story ever happened. Totally. We don't know. If she's trying to garner sympathy from the general public and from the court by saying, this is how scared I was. Totally. Instead of becoming a person that was just super into gambling, which is going to pull on a few less heartstrings, obviously. Totally. We don't know. We don't know. She pleads guilty um, and admits, like, yeah, I robbed four banks. I think the jury, whether or not they believe the loan shark stuff, or the judge, I should say, whether the judge believes the loan shark stuff, I'm not sure. One thing is that um, details of how she robbed the bank 
are being revealed and she looks kind of bumbling, right? Yeah. She at one bank she used her finger as a gun. Did the old like trick. Yeah, did the <laughs> old put it on yes. up and you're like she did. I have a gun. She that's exactly what she did. <laughs> She put it in her clothes and was like, I this have a gun. gun. It was her finger. So, like, I, everyone's kind of like, all right, you're sort of lucky you got away with this and kind of a dum-dum. We're not, you know, she doesn't look like a crazy bad guy is the point. So Yeah, she looks like someone who's, like, floundering and is, like, last-ditch efforts. <laughs> totally. So, in 2015, they sentenced her to 66 months in jail. 66 months? Break that into children? years. I don't like it's that like at five. all. It's, it's like, like five. Is, it's five years and six months. Okay. Is that she, right? Did I yeah, do it right? Five and a half. Yes, I'm She's sentenced it. to five and a half years in jail. And she obviously has a bunch of money that she has to pay. But she's using her time in jail to try to, I don't know, be a better person. She's trying to help the people that are there. She they rekindled her interest in religion. And she's kind of just like, I'm going to try to use this time to figure out how to be better. <laughs> a federal judge said her story was not simple and said that she is one of the criminal minds that the court does not understand. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. He doesn't buy what she's selling. I don't know if that's what he's saying or if it's just like, this case is weird. Like, I can't get a read on it. We cannot believe it went to this level. Totally. Where she was just like robbing banks. Wild. Yeah, that's the story of the... (laughs) We just kind of don't know. Here's the thing. It sounds like we just don't know what's real and what's not. And I love that, actually. Yeah, we don't. But that is the story of... The bombshell bandit. She needs a theme song. She definitely deserves a theme song. I'm not saying what she did is good, but she still needs some sort of catchy theme song about robbing banks. Her movie is going to be great. That is a fascinating story beyond. Yes, of course. When I was in high school, um, one of my friends robbed a bank and framed my other friend. And... It was so I'm, weird. It was like my friend. I'm sorry. That was so loud. I just got so loud. That is insane. So I had these two friends that I did theater stuff with in high school. And they were, I was really close to them. I'm still pretty close to one of them. Not the one that ran the bank. Um, so one of them started smoking pot all the time and being really weird. And he was kind of a sad person at the time. Like, I think that he didn't get a lot of family love and attention. Right. I remember his parents lived in a really fancy apartment in downtown Denver, and they bought him his own apartment. (gasps) You don't want to see that with a high schooler. That's, like, really sad, right? No, that's not. And you said it so well. That's not how you show someone love. No. And he would do weird things before that, like, order pizza on a stolen credit card he found. And then, like, he was acting out a lot. And he was getting weirder and weirder. And I found out that he went into a bank and they had these forms. They had some sort of new thing, like a new 50 cent piece or a new dollar piece. And if you filled out a little form, you got one for free. So he went in and started to fill out a form, filled out our friend's information on the form, then went to the bank teller with a note and robbed them, then left the bank. The first thing the bank did was look at that form and, and go get my friend, too. and he became involved in this way where they were like, 
we think you robbed a bank. And he was like, I didn't. And of course he didn't. But then they watched the security footage to be like, do you know this person? And And put him in a situation where he then had to be like, yeah, I do know that person. Because they're like, they know your name and your address and your whatever. Because he's filled out this form. So it was like, yeah, I do know that person. That's my friend. And he had to like, I don't know if you'd say testify. He didn't talk to me about it. Like, I think it was that level of serious like he couldn't it went over high school gossip and into a world of like i do not want to talk about this where we were close and he never talked to me about (gasps) it that's so dark and sad and it sounds like that hurt like that's the thing is it hurt him so badly as well because they were so close and the idea that your friend would go do something first of all the idea your friend would go do something that nefarious is sort of a mind fuck to begin with but then the idea that they would weirdly implicate you like what's going on there my theory is it was a jealousy kind of thing with oh like i was gonna say it was like a crime of convenience where he was like oh i just did this oh what about that but it sounds like you think it was a little bit more premeditated where he intentionally put oh his maybe name. that's too much no i i, I don't, don't know. know i don't know i you it know it's been a more. drug thing too of just totally. like i'm an idiot and i'm super stoned so i'm gonna like do this busy work while i case out the bank but the idea that the name that went to his head was his best friend's name god i would never do that to you you would never rob a bank and tell them it was me? No, and you can thank me later for You're that. You're setting That's a fine. real low bar here. I wouldn't do it. I, I, have... I would never kill you in your sleep. Thank you. That actually You're means welcome. a lot. Especially since we're sharing a room here. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? I think we share a room fine. It's going great. It's going great. Now you can check that fear right off your list. Check it off. Chick, 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 chick. But Where I was... might put your hand in some warm water. <laughs> 